NFL Combine is in full swing, and you keep it locked to the Locked On Browns podcast. We got you covered. Defensive tackles will cover the first segment. We'll get to the edge rushers, and we will also do linebackers. If this, if you want to uh, update on who the Browns could be looking at in the NFL draft, if you're a big ugly, you're a linebacker, we're talking all defense all the time right here on the Locked On Browns podcast. You are Locked On Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Your hosts, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, also, of course, the ultimate Cleveland sports show panelist, 92.3 The Fan on-air personality, barbershop host every Saturday morning on 92.3 The Fan. Certainly numerous other appearances and series where you can catch Mr. Garrett Bush. And to do all that, make sure you're following at GBush91. We appreciate all of you who make Lockdown Browns your first listen every single day. Whether it is on your favorite podcast platform, always available, always for free. And, of course, here on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed. Notifications on. Throw some likes on those episodes. Um, for those of you who are newer now to Lockdown Browns, draft coverage is kind of what built this podcast many, 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 many years ago. And as you'll learn more from me, it's one of the absolute processes of the year I love. Um, you know, I am a huge sports nut, but the NFL draft in its process, by far one of the you know top highlights of me every calendar year. Of course, you got Roku. Go ahead, search Lockdown Cleveland Sports. You'll find us here, Lockdown Browns, of course, card, Guardians coverage, Cavaliers coverage, and you'll get your five, five episodes per week, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show live, YouTube, Mondays through Fridays, 11 to 1. Um, if you are a follower of the draft process and a follower of the Cleveland Browns, um, the NFL kind of did you a big favor the way the combine kicked off yesterday as far as workouts. You got to see two of the Browns' biggest positional needs yesterday in action. You got to see the big fellas. You got to see the edge rushers. Um, we're going to talk about the linebacker class in segment three today. The linebacker class, it's not really so much that there's a problem with it, but we'll go into more detail on that later. Um, you know, and the way I'm kind of just, you know, targeting this and you know, observations from yesterday um, about what's available is, you know, you kind of figure out, you know, where your team's first crack is. And for the Browns, it's pick 42. Um, with the defensive tackle group, uh, Jalen Carter, yeah, I mean, look, it just it's just not going to happen. It, there's just no way in the world it's going to happen. Um, so basically kind of just take him right off the board as well, you know, off the board. Um, Brian Breesey from Clemson, he will be most likely the second defense tackle off the board. Again, we're talking about a guy who's going to be a top 20 player, not somebody Cleveland Browns are going to have a reach for. Um, I know a popular name was uh, the, the kid from Baylor, uh, Iki Salika. And the problem is Iki Salika tested like a day three athlete yesterday. Uh, did a great job getting his weight down. Um, this was rumored this guy, guy played in the 350s down to low 330s. So kudos to him on that. But the question is, was he ever really athletic? Um, which the tape doesn't really show, kind of a brooding, brawling guy. But the other thing is, is, you know, did you lose too much too fast that you went into the combine and basically, you know, you were winded 
you were beat. You, you just weren't your, your, your best representation of yourself. Now, we do have some guys, obviously, now that we can talk about who maybe would be, you know, the crystal ball in the picture, at least for 42. Um, Kalaja Kansi from Pitt. Look, uh, first things first, kudos to the kid, six foot one, north of 280. So actually, he was a little bit bigger than anticipated. So, you know, that bodes well for him. Ran a great 40, showed excellent athleticism. Uh, you know, for Jim Schwartz's defense, I'm not sure an undersized defensive tackle is going to be, you know, what he's going to want to run to the table with. And we know the Browns' history to this point six foot four, 300, six foot two, 300, six foot four, 290. These are the sizes of the defensive tackles that the Browns have drafted to this point with the Andrew Berry regime calling the shots. So he doesn't fit many of those requirements. Mazee Smith, Michigan, uh, not working out, did pound out his bench preps, 225, 34, led the defensive line group. So any question, yeah, he's a big old strong man. There's no question about that. There is a little bit of the issue of the off-field. Mazee Smith did have the incident, uh, obviously. So there is a little bit of that hanging over his head. Um, Gervon Dexter from Florida, Texas, fantastic, test fantastic, six foot six, three ten. Um, and 310, it looked like there's room to put bulk on that body. Looked like maybe he was, you know, trimmed up right to put together a fantastic workout. Um, and then finally, for me, the, the top guy here, for me, I think, in play at 42, Keanu Burton, uh, defensive tackle, Wisconsin. Obviously, Wisconsin has been good to the Cleveland Browns in the past. He worked out very well, ran well, lifted well, high school wrestling pedigree. Um, so these, if you're looking and you're looking to start the, you know, Browns draft class off for 2023 at the defensive tackle position, uh, these last couple of names I gave you here, are the ones that are probably going to be in that spot and Garrett, look, we all know how dire it is. And obviously certain, certainly going to have to, you know, you have to shake some trees, get somebody in here through free agency. Cause you can't put it all on a second round rookie. Um, but it, it's going to be vital that that room basically just does a complete 180 from the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah. There's another guy I was I was kind of looking at. Um, uh, Zach Harrison sat out drills on Thursday after tweaking his hamstring. I think that could that, that could affect him a little bit. Um, he was already to me a second and third round guy. Um, you know, he's uh, six foot five, two seventy four. Um, you know, has a really crazy wingspan, eighty five and a half. Um, you know, he 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 was all world coming out of uh, you know coming out of high school. And he he was just he was just you know a little inconsistent didn't really show uh, too much of any any pass rush uh, you know ability in the beginning he came on down uh, down the line and he ended up with seven eight sacks I think he's a guy that uh, that you could possibly end up seeing um, and one guy I don't think like you said will be here um, is I, I thought Brian Breesy was a guy who um, that might might slip to the second round but when he showed up to the combine. Uh, almost an inch and a half taller, and he weighed, he was a little heavier, and he ran in a four eight range. That was it was over for that. So he he was heavier by thirteen pounds. He was just bigger, faster, more athletic than we, we what we were anticipating. And sometimes that happens like that, Jeff. Sometimes you come in and a guy you you thought was a little bit bigger is smaller, thought a little bit was was faster or slower, but in this case. He came in and was a little bit bigger and stronger and faster than we thought. So I, I don't think he'll be he'll he'll be there either. Um, you know, you said it earlier. It, it's more of a you know this draft. It has more edge rushers than it does defensive tackles. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cleveland Browns go with best available on the board. Um, and that's that's between the three positions from defensive tackle, 
edge rusher as well as linebacker because there's not that many linebackers in the, in, in the mix either. I think the Browns may go with best available uh, just for just because of the limited limited resources and the limited bodies there are the linebacker as well as high-end defensive tackles. Um, you know, edge rusher might be something you can get off, but I, I think the Browns will look to do that. And 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 looking at some of the different names that you that you spoke on, um, and, and uh, uh, I think his name was Khalid Kalansi. Uh for Pitt, he's two eighty-one. Yes. He's more of a Larry Ogunjobi body type, mm-hmm. um, and uh, obviously that's something that you you would have depending on what you want to do. But if we want to stop the run, and you already got JOK behind you, who is a little on the light side, I think the Browns um, would look to to bring some more beef in in terms of weighing a little bit more and, and stopping the run up front. Yeah, for the Browns, he'd be like a luxury pick for somebody that he could maybe start rotating in in nickel and dime situations. Mm-hmm. Um, For what has been the issue for the Cleveland Browns, certainly in 2022, it was – you can't do it. So guess what? We're running right between the guards. We're running at you defensive tackles. And now all of a sudden you got linebackers selling out, overextending, just doing anything they can to blow up a play in the backfield to try to get teams back to, you know, passing scenarios. Uh, so, and I agree. Yeah. A defensive tackle. It, it's not truly the wish list the Browns would be hoping for in this scenario. And look again, you know, some of this is on them. The fact that Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai, you know, Perrion Winfrey, I think, showed signs towards the end of last year. And Perrion Winfrey, the opportunity is there for Perrion Winfrey because I think Jim Schwartz is ideal, is absolutely ideal for a player like Perrion Winfrey. If Perrion Winfrey can come into the beginning of this season where his mind and his play, everything is basically operating as one, he walks in there this season with the same way he walked out of last season, I think the opportunity for Perrion Winfrey to improve greatly is there under a guy like Jim Schwartz. We're going to switch it over here. We're going to go a little bit to the edge. And these guys, uh, uh, there's, there's not enough superlatives. There really, really isn't. And if you're looking, and we'll get to it, if you're looking for what the Browns usually like at that position, you can find it. If you're looking for a little bit different and something that matches up a little bit more with the wide nine, that's there too. Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, your latest Locked On Browns. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories? Then guys, gals, you got to try Bilt Bar. We just got through the holidays, and before you know it, bathing suit season will be here. So if you're like me, but you, and you want to eat healthy, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, have I got just a thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think they are good for you and they are perfect for your new year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. Again, yes, I said it, real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And best of all, now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about Built and ordering your bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with the hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. And guys and gals, you can thank me later. Welcome back to the Locked on Browns podcast. G. Bush, 
Jeff Lloyd. We want to thank you for making uh, the Locked On Browns your first listen of every, each and every day. Talking a little bit about the combine. We got to the defensive tackles. Let's get to edge rushers. And, and some of these guys, man, I, I mean, it's just going to show you how, you know, athletes are being able to permeate, um, you know, just all over the board. Now, I mean, when I'm coming in college, you know, if you ran a 4.8 and you was a defensive end, man, you was moving, man. Don't say nothing about no 4.7, bro. If you was like, that was like. You can break five, dude. Like, people were talking about you can break like, five. They're like, oh, man, this dude moving out here. You got guys, and I, and I think you look at it, um, and, and you, there's a couple of guys that just, just really jump off the page. Obviously, the big name is Nolan Smith. This dude is, uh, this dude is, oh, my goodness. Uh, he. He put up some spectacular numbers. Um, you know, he ran a four three nine. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, think about that. He's faster than some of your receivers. Forty one and a half inch vertical. He tested like a top twenty wide receiver in the draft. He plays the end. If that was a receiver, we'd be screaming over this guy. Ten eight broad jump. This guy is is crazy. Four three nine. He he is coming off. Of, uh, he and by the way. Look at look 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 at those freaks. Those freaks at Georgia. Like, think about it. They had the number one overall pick last year, right? At defensive tackle, right? They got they went to the Jaguars. They had Nolan Smith, right? He ran as a four three something. But then they had the big 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 boy in the middle. Not not, not Jalen Carter. He's gonna be number one this year. But the Four-day-ish. other how do you how was they losing? Well, technically, they just won back-to-back national titles. Yeah, right. so I guess they weren't doing much of losing. <laughs> yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't. They didn't lose none. Uh, so, it, so Nolan Smith, he did. T- he is coming off a torn pack. I mean, he's going to be intriguing to some teams. With these pick t- picks, though, Jeff, uh, as far as the edge rushers, when you get to these guys, I think this has a lot to do with what, what scheme you put them in and what ways you're going to move guys around. He's 239 pounds. He's not going to. You, you can't put him on the end. And tell him to go out here and ha- handle the run game. You can't. He's not a three-down guy now at this point in his career. So you're gonna have to figure a way to get him some some moves and get him some easy layups and do some different things. Byron Young is another guy from Tennessee. Um, his measurables, as far as his height, weight, um, aren't really there. However, he is one of those guys that really can get it done. Um, he 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 had a great year at, at Tennessee. Tennessee on the way back. Um, and he he's a three four edge rusher. He might be a two late two, uh, early two or late day three guy. Um, you look at uh, Yasir Abdullah, another guy that ran really super fast, four four seven. Uh, from the uh, you know, the linebacker from um, Louisville, he would end up playing uh as an edge rusher too. So it just goes to show you where the athletes are. The guy I really like most, I like this guy uh, Lucas Vaness. I, I watched a lot of tape on him, four five eight in the 40, um, 272 traditional size. Um, he's a guy that 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 can just move and get it done. Um, really strong, plays the run well, plays at Iowa. You know he's a tough kid. So he's going to be a guy that's going to be a top 20 pick, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. Uh, who stood out to you, Jeff? Um, it's actually funny. Um, Lucas Van Ness, uh, he is working out, the defensive line coach he's working out with for all this preparatory stuff. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, current Cleveland Brown, worked with him last year. Um, and I actually had, uh, you know, Coach Ed on last year talking about Isaiah Thomas. And first thing I said to him was like, what, like how, like how does Iowa have these guys? And he's like, bro, you ever been to Iowa? 
ain't much else to do, man. I mean, (laughs) there ain't much else to do in Iowa, dude. So, you know, if you're an athlete, you're probably going to be in tip-top shape. Look, you know, we can do the same thing kind of here. You know, look, Will Anderson Jr., um, Alabama, not a shot in the dark, kids. Top five player all day long. Nope. Uh, Miles Murphy, Clemson, same thing. Top 10 player, ain't got a sniff out of him. Uh, Tyreek Wilson, Texas Tech, going to be a top 15, top 20 player. Luke and Van Ness, his days have even round two talk way, way behind. And here's the craziest part for Lucas Van Ness. Did not start one single game for the Iowa Hawkeyes. So maybe Iowa, if you want to climb up the standings in the Big Ten, uh, maybe stop being so biased to the juniors and seniors that have been around and give the best players the best opportunity to actually play the game. You think? <laughs> but guys, obviously now who – look, Nolan uh, – first, first, Nolan Smith, look, top overall recruit in 2019. You get to the combine. You were once the top overall recruit in college football. Obviously, there was a name already there. There was a reputation already there. And Nolan Smith missed time. You know, oh, I'm going to go and I'll do the jumps. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I did, yeah, 41-inch vertical, you know, 10-8 broad. Yeah, I'll run 4-3 freaking 9. And you saw they were filming it in the Georgia locker room. And, by the way, that piece we talked about yesterday, uh, look at the Georgia locker room. And look at what some of these guys are saying about NFL locker rooms. But the thing is, everybody was geeked up. They weren't just geeked up because Nolan Smith ran a 4-3-9. This is the type of guy that inspires a locker room full of 100 guys. So you know the type of personality you have. If you're looking for a little bit of a smaller guy, a guy that can excel in a wide nine, as Garrett said, and I totally agree with, he ain't ready for first and 10. He ain't ready for Najee Harris coming across the edge at a Pittsburgh Steeler Monday night AFC North game. And that's fine. I've got got a guy in Alex Wright I think can do that. I've got a guy in Isaiah Thomas I think can do this. But I don't have a guy that I can match up athletically with Miles Garrett, let alone a guy that's more athletic than Miles Garrett. So that is where this becomes interesting because the Browns have always tried to put somebody with Miles Garrett who's a technical player, a functional player, a guy who did his assignment. But there's the opportunity here now. And you saw what the appeal was with Jadavian Clowney. But keep in mind with Jadavian, he's not nearly the athlete now he was when he entered the league. So yes, at one point, these guys were kind of considered similar, but there was a lot of wear and tear on Jadavian right. you know, over the years. So he when he got here, he was not this elite specimen that he was, was, but this is where you can kind of get a little crazy with it. If you want, if you're Jim Schwartz, you can put a guy who runs a four, three, nine in Nolan Smith in the same pass rushing unit as miles Garrett. Yeah. You can also take, there's wait, there's more Byron young. Look, love Byron young, Tennessee. Love the story behind Byron young. Here's a guy busted his ass, had nothing, no opportunities, fought, got his way into a military school, got his way into Tennessee. Problem is, is when we kick this draft off in April, Byron Young's going to be 25 years old. The Browns will touch it. I don't even know if the Browns would touch him on day three as athletic as he is. They don't. Age is huge. He's 25. He will be 25 when the draft kicks off, yes. Now, now here's the thing. Even if he's not – if he goes in the first round, He's not going to be past his rookie deal until he's Which is, look, I, and I get, look, there's no, there's no guarantee you're ever getting to a second contract with anybody. So if right. you really thought, hey, this kid from 25 to 29, I'm going to get the best five years out of this guy. Right. It's okay to make that decision. It truly is. Not a lot of front offices feel that way, though. They don't. It's just the way it goes. Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame, six foot five, 260. This is more traditional of what the Browns have done at the edge. Ran in the four sixes. Looked really, really sharp. Long, 
hard special teams pedigree. He was a guy at Notre Dame that said, I'll stay on the field whatever you want me to. You don't have to take me off. If that means play specials, I'll play specials. I like guys like that, guys who put team first. Uh, B.J. Ozolari, his brother Aziz, drafted two years ago to the New York Giants. Didn't run yesterday. We'll see what happens uh, when he does run at LSU. But he's another guy that would go more to a Jim Schwartz type DN. This is a guy that can play the wide nine as well. Uh, the kid from Kansas State didn't do much working out yesterday. Felix and Aduke Azuma. This guy, he's he's kind of right in the middle at like 6'4", 250. Um, don't know testing numbers yet, but this would be a guy more athletically similar to Miles Garrett. And this one, the last one I'll give you, and I don't know if it's the story. Um, you know, as I've talked many times on the show over the years, my youngest daughter was born free, four months premature. When that, when your daughter is, when, so, when a child is born that young, your percentage, like they tell you, let's just get to tomorrow. Let's just get to tomorrow. Like your literal percentage of a child surviving being born that early is not good. It is not good at all. But that's where, and now, I mean, this will be a name that, I, A, number one, I will root for his entire career. If we get the chance to cover him full-time, even better. Derek Hall out of Auburn. Six foot three, 255, born four months premature. So, Garrett, when I say this, Crazy. we're talking about a child that was probably born about one and a half pounds. He is now six foot three, 255 pounds, ran in the four fives. Um, Penn State has a ridiculously good left tackle. He opted to stay in school for this year. This guy had his number last year. Derek Hall is a very, very quick player. Great twitch. This would be a great, great pairing in the wide nine. Can play some base. And the thing about a guy like Derek Hall is he's got a motor. If the play is behind him and it's going towards the secondary, he's not a D lineman that just stops and says, well, my job is over. He will track down. He will chase down. He is an effort guy. So there are guys here. And I think 42, conceivably, you might get better bang for your buck if the Browns can get the interior at least somewhat situated through free agency. But whether it is players like Nolan Smith, and I'm not going to say he's out of the mix, under 240, playing on the outside in the NFL, it's a risky proposition. And if you physically saw Nolan Smith, I don't know where I'm putting any more weight on him because the dude was yoked up. So between he, Foskey, Ojolare, um, and of course, you know, Derek Hall, these are guys that can give the Browns major bang for their buck at the defensive end position, allowing for Alex Wright to improve, allowing for Isaiah Thomas to improve. You know you have miles, and all of a sudden, you can see by midseason, the Browns have one of the better edge rooms in the entire NFL. You get progression from those two. You stack this roster right where you can go edge rusher at 42. Man, it really, really makes for some great, great opportunity for Jim Schwartz here in year one. The linebacker class, we're going to talk about it here in a second, and it's weird. I don't know if it's a college football thing. I don't know if this is something that's going to continue as the years go on, but there is a problem with the linebacker class. We'll get to that here. Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush, your latest Locked On Browns, and we appreciate everybody who makes us your first listen every single day on your favorite podcast platform here on YouTube and, of course, on Roku. You know, Jeff, we talk about it all the time, man. Make sure that you check us out on YouTube. We are moving a little bit more over there. I see that we're starting to get those subscribers up. And I just got a notification that we went, we have gone over a half a million views. It was 500,000 views. Very uh, nice. All time. That's nice. 
Make sure you continue to support us and make sure you hit the notification bell so you know when we get all our videos and drop them. And make sure you follow us as well on Locked On Browns, uh, at Locked On Browns on uh, Twitter as well. Now, now, Jeff, the linebacker core, the linebacker position in the league, I think, is in flux a little bit. There's, there's not that many name brand recognition linebackers in the game. And I think one of the reasons that we look at it now that linebackers aren't as prevalent is because we're playing positionless, uh, positionless football. Um, case in point, um, small ball lineups in the NBA, you, you know, trotting, you know, bringing, you know, putting a small forward uh, at, at a center position, putting it, you know, you know, trickling everything down. So now you have athletes. And you have guys that can shoot all around the perimeter. Was the same, same thing with football. Now you look at the way the Browns drafted JOK, who's like more of a hybrid type guy. Um, everyone's a hybrid, you know. Um, guys that are running extremely fast. Guys that are, you know, in the four four range and smaller type body frames. However, when you look at the Cleveland Browns last year, it, it, they needed a big body. They, you know, how many times could you count in a game where a running back makes contact? With, a, with one of our defenders and instead of going backwards, he's going forward or instead of, instead of, you know, stopping him for no game, he's getting two yards or God forbid you tackle him in the hole. You think it got him tackled. And all of a sudden, because you don't gang tackle, he breaks the tackle and keeps going. So all of those things are, are a product of having a, I would say a smaller lineup front. It's great when you, you can get to people It's great when you can use your speed to match up, in the in the run game, or excuse me, in the pass game. But what are you going to do in the run game? Um, just like the edge players, these guys were moving kind of fast. This Trenton Simpson guy, <laughs> he's a linebacker from uh, Clemson, two hundred thirty-five pounds. Um, and listen, he ran a four-four-three, um, which was was just basically uh three tenths of a second behind um the the leader going into the into the uh, clubhouse as far as the fastest linebacker. But Trent Simpson is one of those uh, Clemson guys who is going to be a tweener. He's going to be a guy that's going to play a safety slash linebacker, but he's going to be all over the field. Uh, oh, uh, Owen Popway um, is, I think, um, he is from Auburn. Um, now, this is ridiculous. This dude ran a 4-3-9. This is crazy. He plays fifth in the vertical, vertical jump, broad jump testing. Um, and he's excellent athlete. How you have a linebackers four three nine, uh you know Dorian Williams out of Tulane ran a four four nine, right? Um and it's in second longest arm of uh, arms of any ball to a linebacker at the combine. Um there's a lot of different guys. Uh, Jack Campbell, um I like him as well. Jack Campbell looked like a damn tight end out there, six foot four, like two fifty five. He literally looked like Travis Kelsey running out there yesterday. He he looked like he he looked like a lean athlete, six foot five, two forty nine. I you know he does he that's so funny you mentioned it. He does remember remind you of a little bit of a tight end, but you know as, as you go down these list of names, uh, Jeff, do you think the Browns would consider investing draft picks in 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 a linebacker early on? I'm gonna get to that, but just some things just starting today in Indy. Okay, uh, you know, so you're starting with corners, right? And yes, you know, so, so some working out numbers from your your corners. Yeah, so Deontay Banks, University of Maryland, 42 inch vertical jump. Julius Brents, I talked about him from the Senior Bowl, 41 and a half inch vertical. 
Uh, Christian Gonzalez, widely regarded as a top uh, 20 selection of cornerback, 41 and a half inch vertical. Oh, yeah, Julius Brents, what did he do after the 41 and a half inch vertical? He did an 11 6 broad. Deontay Banks, what did he do after the 42 inch vert in the broad? 11 4. So Crazy. when you hear people who are very, very excited about this cornerback class, this is part of the reason why. And you heard Coach Svensky speak yesterday about Greg Newsom. These things have a tendency of taking care of themselves. It's not a seller's market for corner. Why am I going to trade for a guy when I can just reset the clock with any one of these guys in this cornerback class who's really good? So, guys, you know, everybody, y'all trying to move Greg Newsom and think you're going to get a high pick. It's not a knock on Greg Newsom. It's why do I got to trade for him? I can get him, and I have his control for five years. Now, the issue with the linebacker class, and I don't mean this like it's truly an issue. There is just not a lot of them, Garrett. The guys who worked out yesterday, they were good. They were solid. But the linebacker group yesterday was 50% edge rushers, 50% traditional linebackers. And keep in mind, even with just a couple of guys you talked about, we are not positive that they are essentially truly linebackers. Trenton Simpson, you're going to go with a Roquan Smith type of comparison. Athletically, the way he played, commanded the Clemson defense. And I talked about this yesterday. Clemson itself was not the successful program that we're going to custom to. But that doesn't mean there still ain't rollover there of talent. And you see it with two defensive linemen and obviously with him. Uh, Henry Tuatoa, who was highly regarded out of Alabama, might have been the worst-looking linebacker out there yesterday. Maybe came in with one of the biggest names from Alabama. Athletically, just didn't get it done. Drew Sanders. Now, Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. Six foot five, somewhere high 230s. You know, I was talking with some friends like last night. What do you do with this guy? And what we came up with ideally is he's Sione Takitaki, but on steroids. He's a guy that can play the Sam linebacker for you. He's a guy you can play on the edge. So you can get more bang for your buck if you're interested. And the Browns could be in a player like that who can play multifaceted things, do things for you. A guy like Drew Sanders has some appeal. Noah Sewell, everybody knows him as, obviously, you know, his brother. It wasn't there, man. It just, you know, I don't know if Big Bro got all, you know, the good genes. Or you don't remember Danny DeVito and Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger and Twins. Oh, he got all the good stuff. You're kind of all the crap that was left over. It just didn't wasn't a good day for Noah, Noah Sewell yesterday. Uh, you mentioned, uh, obviously, the kid from, you know, Auburn. Good on tape. There is pace, obviously. Um, you know, pace from... Cincinnati, uh, solid player, made a ton, ton of production at his time there. Jack Campbell, I mean, it just blows you away. It just literally blows you away that this guy can do what he can do. Ideally, in the day, he probably would have been a 3-4 inside linebacker, you know, the Leighton Van Der Esch type of comps. Right. But six foot four, that type of athleticism, production, all good. And I'm going to give you one more name here at the linebacker position. And he really actually – Dorian Williams, i totally with you. Tulane, as much as Tulane, that program turned around this year. Big-time ball win. And everybody talked about Ty J. Spears on the offensive side of the ball. I told you, I have you know someone who plays at Tulane that I know very well right now. And he said, Dorian Williams, everything everybody wants to say about Ty J. Spears on the offensive side of the ball, Dorian Williams was just as important on the defensive side of the ball. A guy that basically said, this program can be legit, and you ain't going to slack on my watch. It's just not going to work that way. One last name for me, 
Shaka Hayward. Uh, obviously, we all know the name, guys. You know, cousin, uh, certainly two cousins with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a Duke player, ran the four fives, killed the drills. But this is where it's going to get interesting because there are not a lot of linebackers. And I don't think anybody's going to overdraft. You're not going to overdraft a linebacker because ideally you're looking to take him off the field. And this is another conversation for another day. Is linebacker maybe something that's going to be more and more difficult to get into the NFL because it's being taken away in college football? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where it does get difficult. There are good linebackers in this class. And, you know, that was my one takeaway from when these linebackers worked yesterday. They were a good group. They really, really were. There's just not a lot of them. And for the Browns, with as many free agent linebackers as you have, it's going to be interesting how this works out. So don't get totally upset if you start to hear, you know, the Browns are keeping a Reggie Wrangling. Yes, Jacob Phillips is getting another year. JOK, yeah. Tony Fields. So, you know, and maybe it's only Anthony Walker. This might be a situation where Browns don't want to write the check in free agency, and it's just not that available for them in the draft because it is just not – it's a good group. Again, good group. Not necessarily a deep group, G. And you've got to play every, every draft. It's like, you know, everybody says play poker. Yeah, well, there's 57 different versions of poker. Right. Guess what? The NFL draft, same type of thing. But every year – it's a different hand of poker, and you got to play basically what you're dealt and play what's available to you. And Andrew Barry, obviously, to his credit, has shown he can do that. But sometimes you got to get a little more creative because the draft is not always going to be able to give you what you need. Yeah, it, it's one of them things they they can't do it. Um, you know, you, you got to develop a little bit too. Um, you can't look, and that's what was what's so fascinating about this right now is because the Browns are going to have an opportunity to kind of you know build their team in in the three facets, which is. You know, free agency, the draft, we're talking about heavy today. But we've also talked about, we get to really kind of talk about this, the trade market. So there's going to be, uh, you know, areas where the Browns need to improve on all of their stuff. And I think that the combine, to me, gives me the but It gives me the best, I would say, information. It gives me the, it gives me the best process to get an edge rusher, because I think that's where the best edge rushers are, where you can upgrade your position and do it cheap and find somebody with elite athleticism to kind of augment and, and spot, spot, you know, spot weld your defensive line. And it's look, these are now obviously names to look at. And, you know, these are names. Obviously, there are more names that can be available on day three. Um, but this is what worked out yesterday. We know the importance of these positions right now currently with the Cleveland Browns. Look, we could have these conversations in three weeks, and maybe there's a big balance there. There's a big shift of balance there. And you know, the need isn't as great. But like I told you when we kicked this off here, for the Cleveland Browns, and right now what their biggest needs are in this offseason positional-wise, it kicked off yesterday with the defensive tackle group and the defensive end group and a lot of names to be had and certainly fit for the Browns. Garrett Bush, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, Monday through Friday, 11-1. Garrett and crew over there, they do fantastic work, fantastic guests. Guests, if you hadn't checked it out yet, you, you, I'm sure you have, and you just lied about it otherwise. But 11 to 1, Monday through Friday, the crew over there at UCSS, fantastic job. 92.3 The Fan, barbershop every Saturday morning, catch T-Bush over there. Many opportunities and uh, obviously appearances from Garrett and to be eh, kept up to speed on all of that. Make sure you're following at Bush 91 Myself, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Lockdown Browns, follow back account. Uh, we appreciate everybody who makes us your first listen every day, whether it's on your favorite podcast app, always available, always free. Here on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, notifications on, 
throw some likes on the episodes, just help get that word out there about Lockdown Browns and all the great coverage we continue to give you guys. And if you got Roku, search Lockdown Cleveland Sports. You will find us, the Cavaliers pod, the Guards pod, and of course, Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.